Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. I don't think there's any way that anybody can have a certain level of supreme confidence that this thing is going to go the way that they expect or they hope. That's Yahoo Sports' Vince Goodwill. He's got no confidence in the Orlando bubble. It's not going to go the way they hope. I don't think I can be that definitive about it. It's too unknown. I haven't been through a pandemic before. And if you're not down there, the eyes to see, you know, what kind of holes are there in the system. And when you talk to people who are down there, and the Jazz did a, a Zoom yesterday with Dennis Lindsay, who's here in Utah, and then Justin Zanuck, who's down in Orlando, you know, and, and so the question to Justin is, you know, what's it like? He's like, well, I, I can't tell you yet. We're quarantined. You, you, know, you, you fly in, you, they, they bust you in, right? And he says, I've seen the lobby. And we have to go up to our rooms. We got to wait. We got to be checked. We can't leave our rooms right now. So I don't know. You know, so how many workers are coming in? How much interaction is there? I've read some of the details. It could all, it could all fall apart. I think MLS is nervous about how many tests they've had positive down there. One team's pulled out. Another team, man, from the math, you'd think they're on the brink of it. So if you have doubts, I get the doubts. But, you know, are there, it's, are there something in the mechanics that one league's doing and the other isn't that is changing it? Or is it just there haven't been enough NBA teams there for long enough? We'll find out going forward. All right. Uh, while you're there in the NBA, you might see some familiar faces. The Brooklyn Nets have signed veteran guard Jamal Crawford as a replacement player for the Orlando Restart, reportedly closing in on a deal with Michael Beasley as well. I don't know if Jamal Crawford can stay in front of anybody. He's about 150 years old in NBA years. Or 40. Okay, he's 40. But in the NBA, I mean, 40's old in the NFL. Defense is his issue, yes. Yeah, but if you're Tom Brady, you know, how much running around have to do? I mean, if they think you can't defend in the NBA, they're going to run some pick and rolls at you. Good luck with that. But he can still shoot it and shoot it all day long. Patty Mills. Australian teammate of Joe Ingles, San Antonio Spurs, but, you know, when it comes to the Olympics and uh, all the global competition, they're teammates. Patty Mills says he's donating every cent he's earning in Orlando to help social justice movements. I'm proud to say I'm taking every cent from these eight games that we're playing, which for me will be $1,017,818.54, donated to Black Lives Matter Australia, Black Deaths in Custody, and to a recent campaign, uh, Dedicated to ending racism in sport in Australia called We Got You. Giving away a million bucks, you got my attention. And Dwight Howard giving away 700000 this too. You know, it's one thing to, to say something. It's another thing to, you know, put the money where the mouth is, is the cliche, right? And you're giving away a million dollars, you have my attention. I hope, and I've heard this from nonprofit people who are way smarter about this stuff than me, that uh, a lot of donors to nonprofits have gotten very data-driven. I mean, they want the feel-good of giving away the money, but they also want to know exactly what they accomplished. You know, if you're feeding people, how many people did you feed? 
if you're educating people, how many people went to school, but how many people stayed and got the degree, right? If you're feeding kids in school, did it up attendance at school? Did it lower, um, did it lower discipline issues at school? So it's cool that he's giving it away. And I hope that as they do this, you know, they get the best info and they learn from other people's mistakes and get up to speed because a million bucks is a lot of money. And hopefully they're going to get a lot of results for that too. But good for Patty Mills. We'll talk with Joe Ingles about that. I wonder if that is, and then, you know, I mean, obviously I don't know Patty Mills, right? I, I know him to watch basketball. I, I don't even think I've interviewed him when the Spurs have been in town. If I have, maybe it was one time. So was he surprised by that? Was he stunned by that? Or that's Patty. Of course he did that. We'll talk with Joe Ingles coming up at 8 o'clock. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. What made Tom Brady so great, I think, is, and, and people can say, the only reason I would ever call Tom Brady the GOAT is because he took less money. It's a chess game in the NFL, and you got to go out there and get other players. There's no such, it's not basketball where you can just sign a couple great players and go win championships. you got to have defensive players as well. And Tom understood that better than any quarterback in NFL history. That's Tony Gonzalez, longtime Kansas City tight end on Tom Brady, sacrificing money to build a team around him, win six championships. And now the question is, can he get a seventh in Tampa Bay? Can he do it again? Take a little less to get a lot more. Funny that that's out there on the same day Raheem Mostert, San Francisco 49ers running back, has requested a trade. According to his agent, scheduled to get $2.575 million this year. 2.8, get a $300,000 raise in 2021 as part of a three-year contract he signed with the Niners last year. It makes him the fourth highest paid running back on the Niner roster, but he led the team with 772 yards rushing. He scored 10 touchdowns, had a 49ers record 220-yard rushing yards, and the difference between Mostert and Brady, among many differences, running back. Quarterback, you can have a long run. Maybe you can make it up in the next contract. Running back, you're one hit away. And they tend to run down. And a lot of running backs have one contract or they have two. And he's 28 years old, so he's getting towards the end of it. Do you like the Niners? Just a little bit. Yeah. How do you like the Niners and the Mariners? Shouldn't you like the Seahawks and the Mariners or the Niners and the Giants? Nope. You sat in Utah and just cherry-picked teams. Exactly. Okay. Glad we're clear on that. Well, he ran for 220 yards in the NFC title game against the Packers, so striking while the iron is hot is a cliche we're looking for there with Mostert. Amazon became the latest company to announce it's removing the uh, Washington Redskins merchandise for sale while the team considers a name change. CNBC reported that sellers on Amazon were given 48 hours to remove Redskins merchandise from their marketplaces on the site. So here's the thing. There's the social justice angle to this. And there's the money angle. Hey, you want to remove it so that you... Uh, You put pressure on the team to sell. Well, if you've already bought it, I don't think the team's getting a cut of it if you take it off Amazon now. Maybe it looks good for PR purposes for Amazon to say that. But I wonder how many sellers are thinking, you know, I'm not going to sell this now. I'm going to sit on this for 30 years when it's a collector's item. Is that too cynical? Yak, is that too cynical? PK's, there PK's are, off today. He's going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. There are people out there who are absolutely doing exactly what you're talking about. Aha! So I'm not, too, I'm not part of the cynical no, media the, there. They're, they're looking at it saying, you know what? Eventually this is going to be collector's item yep. material. I can gather yep. it all up now, store it away, and yeah, then I'll sell it down the road. 
Houston, Texas defensive end J.J. Watt said it's too early for players to make a decision on whether to play this season given the many unknowns that remain with the coronavirus pandemic. Since I've been on the NFLPA calls the last couple times we've had them, I don't think we're anywhere. I don't think we're at a point where people are making that decision because we don't have enough information yet to make that decision. So I think it's a very fluid process. Yeah, and I think they'll watch the restart with the NBA and they will watch Major League Baseball especially because soccer and basketball are doing the bubble. Baseball and football... Baseball is not, and football will not do the bubble. So keep an eye on baseball, especially. I mean, watch the other two. But especially for football, I think, keep an eye on baseball and see how it goes. And you don't, you know, you don't have to make a decision. You don't have to make. You're two months away from playing in a game. Almost exactly, right? Isn't the, the 10th scheduled for the opener? We're on July 9th, so two months from tomorrow is the NFL opener. Well, you could decide you're not playing in four weeks or five weeks or six weeks or seven. So... Watch baseball, see how it goes. Probably watch how things are going in you know your local market and all that. And you're probably watching how things are going for your your family, your friends, your circle, you know, to see how things are going. So I'm not surprised we're not hearing anything definitive from NFL players yet. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. COVID is is part of our society. Wasn't caused by Football are caused by by uh, sports, and there's you know, no expert view right now that I am aware of, or that are you know agreeing expert views that you know sports you know is going to, is going to make that that worse. It's part of our society. We're going to have to have to deal with it. That's Jim Harbaugh's opinion, head football coach at the University of Michigan, but not everybody agrees with him. North Carolina and Ohio State paused their voluntary workouts after the latest round of COVID-19 testing. North Carolina said 37 people tested positive. Ohio State did not reveal how many people tested positive. They just said they're pausing. And the Ivy League ruled out sports this fall. First conference to say that. Uh, No decision about whether winter or spring sports will be played. Uh, Will they reschedule? They're not part of the playoff, the NCAA playoff, so they could reschedule spring, play a conference schedule in the spring if they wanted, or play a limited conference schedule. They they can do anything they want. They might only play four games. They've talked about the issue, though, is during spring, their lacrosse fields or the football fields or the soccer fields. Yep, so there's all that to iron out. But they're not playing football in the fall, and they're the first league to say that, and they were the first basketball league to say, we're not doing a tournament. Are people going to follow? If so, how quickly? I don't think because of the money, because of the the differences between the, the championship subdivision and the bowl subdivision, the difference between the group of five and the power five, I don't think the dominoes tip over here the way they did for basketball. I think that was a different set of circumstances. When the Ivy League shut down basketball, the 24-48 hours, we were seeing other leagues make those decisions. And, and by 72 hours, everybody has shut it down. I don't think it'll happen that quickly, but it's still... It still could be the one that, you know, starts everybody down that road. The other thing that happened in college football, it was just a whole bunch of bad news for college sports and college football, is Stanford dropped 11 sports. Now, Stanford had the second most number of sports in their athletic department 36. in the country. They just cut 36 to 25, and they're dropping sports, you know, fencing, uh, rowing. Squash. Squash. Um, it, it looked fairly balanced, men's and women's, from what I saw. A lot of uh, was I think the big volleyball and wrestling. Men's volleyball. Were probably the two. Men's volleyball and wrestling. Yes, not women's volleyball were there. Excellent. Men's volleyball and men's wrestling. Men's volleyball program is pretty good, too, though. Yeah. Men's volleyball and wrestling are the two most traditional sports they dropped. 
Uh, but, it, you know, if it's your sport, you don't really care about all that tradition. Eliminated a lot of jobs. And if Stanford can do it, a lot of schools can do it. We've already seen sports do, teams do it. And if we don't have football this year, we're going to see more schools drop more teams. It's a, it's a given. The question is, how many? It's just, it was a bad day with North Carolina and Ohio State pausing. The Ivy League drop and uh, stop and fall sports and Stanford dropping 11 sports. It was just, it was a cocktail of bad news. And then you have Jim Harbaugh saying, Hey, sports isn't causing it. We're going to have to live with it. Basically saying, Hey, full steam ahead. Let's go. But that is, you know, PK was telling us yesterday, he's hearing more and more conference only spring. That that is, out of the it's, it's been, yeah. that's, it's been on the table months ago we had on the youth athletic director mark harlan and he says we got a lot of options on the table we're trying to figure everything have a plan for everything and that's one of the things and what pk is hearing is it's becoming a more prominent option you know it's the one you know at the big thanksgiving table you can't reach all the food well this one appears to be a little more in reach than it used to be we'll talk with mark harlan scheduled to join us tomorrow um Hold on to the Harbaugh sound. We can we can play it for him. Because I, I just think this confuses people. You know, for some people it's political. For some people it's not. But for a lot of people it's confusing. Why is one school putting on the brakes and another prominent football coach is saying full steam ahead? We'll talk with Mark Harlan about that. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. He's the commissioner. Everybody needs to remember he represents the owners. As much as we talk about the commissioner and the best interest of baseball, which there is some of that, at the end of the day, he's employed by the owners. So if I was a player today and knowing that I personally like Rob, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I trust everything that the commissioner or anybody else has to say in baseball. Let's face it, it's a business. Everybody's looking out for their own best interest. You have to keep that in mind. That's Tom Glavin on the distrust between Major League Baseball players and Commissioner Rob Manfred. I don't really see why he had to explain it. I mean, probably because he's being interviewed and he's asked a direct question, so he answered it. Okay. But does that really need to be explained to people? I mean, if you just kind of, you know, you're not hardcore baseball, but you just kind of casually follow it, don't you already know that? For 30 years or 40 years, depending on how old you are, 20, 30, 40 years. Major League Baseball completed the intake coronavirus testing. 66 positive tests. Now, that's players and staff across 30 teams. So you're looking at two to three positive tests per franchise on average. You're looking at uh, 25 players on a major league roster, except it's expanded this year. You know, without AAA baseball, they're going to have more guys, more people available for injuries. So if you're bringing in, you know, 40, 50 players and staffers, Two to three, that seems to me pretty predictable. And given everything else we're seeing across society, not a bad number. I think when baseball started this process, if you could say, can you limit it to two or three per team? I think I think most teams would have said, yeah, I would take that number right now, sight unseen. Versus what we're seeing, you know, in some college when North Carolina announces 37 positive tests or a soccer team with 30 players announces five or 10 positive tests. I think those numbers are pretty good pretty good for baseball right there 3,740 tests 66 positives 58 players 8 club staff members take those numbers 
That's I think that bodes well for baseball. That's a it, best case scenario in many, it, in yeah. many ways. And it's outdoors and social distancing is a part. You change the ball pretty frequently. I mean, the batter, the catcher, and the umpire at home plate are standing pretty close to each other. Everybody else, spread out. Stop holding runners on at first. Nobody's stealing anyway. Everybody's hitting three-run homers. Play behind the runner. Don't open that gap for the hit and run. There's no Tony Gwynn to put that ball through that hole anymore. Everybody's trying to hit three-run homers anyway. Who cares? All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Should be soccer. Major League Soccer's MLS is back. Tournament open last night. Orlando City beat Inter-Miami 2-1. Stoppage time goal from Nani. That was not a crisp game. That was not. And it makes me wonder what the NBA is going to look like. You mean a four-month layoff affected them? Yes. That looked like a preseason game. Now, they were running out good teams. Orlando routinely misses the playoffs. And Inter-Miami's an expansion team playing their third game ever and their first game in four months. So this wasn't set up to be a classic. But it wasn't crisp. And they haven't played in a while. So what are we going to see when the NBA starts? I got to I gotta wonder. <laughs> they just haven't played in so long. What is it going to look like? When baseball starts, I'm less worried about it. Because when baseball sp- starts by baseball's nature, it's more of a one-on-one game. And so the whole, the whole timing, the fluidity, basketball and soccer need that. They need to be fluid, free-flowing, and a pass that is a split second late or a split second behind somebody wrecks everything. Baseball, guys trying to throw the ball up there 95 miles an hour, maybe 92 with a little, uh, you know, a little break to it or something. They're just trying to blow it by guys. The guys are trying to hit home runs. So I think baseball is going to pass the eye test easier than soccer or basketball. Uh, more games today. They play in the morning. They're, they're avoiding the heat in the middle of the day. They're playing at 9 o'clock in the morning, which is 7 o'clock here. So live soccer from Orlando on ESPN right now. New York City and Philadelphia. The 10th minute scoreless. RSL plays Sunday night. DJ and PK. Golf. The PGA Tour in Dublin, Ohio. That is always a good-looking course on TV. I don't know what it is, man. The greens are greener at Muirfield. And it's just got to be all the storms rolling through Ohio, right? It's farm country. My brother lived in Cleveland for a long time. He's in Chicago now. And we went back to visit him. And, you know, what do you do when you're in Cleveland for four days for a family reunion? Like There are like 12 of us there, right? I got I have two brothers. And so we were all there with our families. Uh, my mom had passed away, but my dad was still alive at that point. So there would have been 13 of us there. And what do you do, right? And so there's a couple of things. Well, one day uh, we went to Amish country. Ton of farms down in central Ohio. Not that far from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's only an, Canton's only an hour south of Cleveland on the freeway. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's like driving, driving from Cleveland to Canton, if you want to do a family vacation in Cleveland. I know you're all giggling right now. Is um, basically it's like driving from Ogden to Provo. And it's freeway the whole way. You're on an eight-lane interstate. When we get off, how will we find the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Oh, it's on your right. You'll see it. You'll, you can't miss it. You can literally, people could stand on the front steps and punt a ball onto the freeway. You can't miss it. It is hard by the freeway. 
threw me down to Amish country. There's just farms, farms everywhere. You get off the interstate and you get 10 or 15 minutes off the, off the freeway. Farms everywhere. So I guess that's why Murfield Village looks so good. Uh, Zach Blair is the only local in the field. It's the Workday Charity Open, and they're going to play there two weeks in a row. Yep, two full weeks and in gonna, It's going to look good. I don't know what it is, man. The greens are just more vibrant. They're going to tear up the course, though, over two weeks? Well, I assume PJ Tour has enough money oh, you know, to take the best care possible of that. And they're you pros. don't have... You know, it's a, it's more a British Open thing. You don't see it so much on U.S. courses. But, you know, on a British course, you'll see a group will go by, and then they'll open the rope so that people can cut across the fairway. Correct. Yeah. And, man, when you're watching that tournament in the, by the third or fourth round, the fairway is just beat where They're, those people are crossing. Yeah, they They're like thrashed. I, I lived in Santa Barbara in a drought, and, like, they kept the greens alive, and the, the rest of the course, brown. it took a beating. Yeah. It, it was brown. It got worn. They're running. It's not quite as bad as the L.A. golf PK talks about. It's not that busy because there aren't as many people. But the ratio of people, of courses is still pretty intense. And they get, they get pretty beat up. But you're not going to have that wear and tear because you're not going to have fans there. Now, you're right. If everybody's driving the same distance on a hole, a fairway, you know. Bryson DeChambeau just laughs at that suggestion. Well, yeah, he'll be 30 yards past everybody. But no, you got a good point. But you, you got a landing zone out there, 300 yards ish, whatever you know, on any particular hole. I guess to your point, yes, there could be a lot of irons. They can change tee boxes. They can change. They can make sure the greens are up and running. Those the new systems for greens are absolutely incredible. I guess one thing we should also pass along. Ryder, would Cup. you be worried about the greens getting beat up? I wouldn't worry about that. No, I'm just saying you can keep them and and you can move the tee yeah. box so the tee box will look good. But that landing zone in the fairway, that's gonna the thing a, you could be looking at. One thing we probably should pass along as well, the Ryder Cup has been delayed to 2021. Yeah, we all knew that was coming. International travel. I mean, Europe's not even letting people from the U.S. in now. They don't like how many positives they're seeing over here. Nope! You can't visit. I don't know how many people really want to get on a plane and fly to Europe right now. All right, that's what's trending. A lot going on. It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Dennis Lindsay. Did the Zoom press conference with the media yesterday. Hopped on the big show with Jake. Going to play a couple cuts, a couple things he had to talk about. And Jake is going to join us. Uh, Jake and Gordon had him on the big show. We will do that next. Joe Ingles at 8. Craig Bowlerjack at 8.30. PK will check in on the 9 o'clock hour. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Dennis Lindsay, Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations for the Utah Jazz. I think moving forward, we need to get a little good luck that we don't have any COVID-19 positive test that certainly could turn a team upside down because the ramp up is going to be quicker than normal. I think we need to have a little good luck that we don't have any hamstrings or groins or lower back strains just on overuse. But I can honestly say the work that our group has put in, our guys have done their part. I really appreciate the mindset and the effort of the group. The Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. 
Joined now by Jake Scott from The Big Show. Jake, good morning. Hot takes or toast? Hmm. I'll go with a. I'll go with a hot take. DJ is the best sports TV guy in the market. No, that's in a different segment. That's uh, that's in uh, sucking up or toast. <laughs> good morning. How are really you, David? Hot... How are you, Jake? Sorry. It's good to be on the show this morning. It wasn't really a hot take, but I liked it anyway. All right. When in uh, doubt, no, suck great, up. Uh, great to be here. Thanks for coming on. You had the uh, you had Dennis Lindsay on the big show, and we're gonna, we're going to play some bites uh, some bites here. A uh, couple things to hit on, and I know Dennis is uh, good at not giving you the one thing you really want. <laughs> As he said in the Zoom press conference yesterday, he says, "I try to I try to um, you know kind of kind of predict what the questions are going to be, and you know kind of have that response thought out, which." Um, you know, it's what if I were if I were doing PR, that's what I would teach people to do. Yeah, and it's probably uh, not that easy when you haven't done that many interviews over uh, like a pandemic. It's probably well, he, that, he did get one question. Just say what you're going to get. Yeah, there was one question he got in the Zoom that it was kind of a curveball, and so while he bought himself time to think about the answer, he explained that to us. So I, I chuckled <laughs> at that. That's funny. So, so I'm curious though. Did he say anything? I mean, he's not going to come on usually and, and break massive news, right? But what what was your takeaway? What was one thing you thought you walked away and like, okay, I'm looking at this a little different or I hadn't thought about this? Oh, man. Because um, I... I guess I guess I got mostly what I what I expected. I mean, uh, a very literal answer to your question. I thought Dennis would be in Orlando. He's not. Uh, Justin was the the representative from the franchise. I thought they would actually both be there. Um, but it certainly makes sense that if you can only say, send one, that that Justin Zanuck is is down there. Um, his his take on, and I know we'll get to some of the stuff, but his take on Rudy yep. and uh, and Donovan really did not surprise me. Um, I don't know if he's, I doubt he's telling us the whole truth there. I don't mean to imply that he's, he's misinforming us. I just don't think he can, you know, give us exactly what the franchise is thinking because they need to be a couple steps ahead of uh, of the rest of us. And those are really big steps. But I, I I pretty much got from Dennis what what I anticipated. It was a good interview, uh, but it, it was it was pretty much what I expected to hear. Uh, I want to play you one bite that uh, relates a little bit to uh, Gobert. Here it gets onto another issue as well. But uh, Yak, hit that, and then we'll react. As you know, I'm a pretty tough critic of myself of management. As you know, I'm a pretty tough critic of myself, of management, coaches, players, scouts, uh, facilities, if you will. And I can honestly say I've been in complete awe of Mike Elliott leading health performance, of Quinn Snyder leading uh, the coaching and player development, and then the players' effort. Uh, I know for sure this, Gordon. We have a baseline level of fitness that is just superior. So that wasn't exactly what I was looking for. But to what he said there earlier about he's a tough critic, and I know he comes on and he's very mellow when he's on the air, but trust me, he's a tough critic. So I think that when it comes to Gobert and Mitchell, you know, he's told them exactly what he thinks they need to know. And I think with Gobert, um, you know, Gobert came clean 
in the ESPN about, you know, I know I annoy people. I know I get on people. And I think going forward, the thing that's got to happen with Rudy is Rudy, even when he's right, people don't necessarily want to hear the message. You know, if he was open and should have gotten a pass and should have gotten a dunk, I don't think necessarily want to hear from him. He wears people out. There's everybody has an assistant coach assigned to them now. And if there's a problem, it needs to go from Rudy to an assistant coach and then let, you know, maybe to Quinn or whatever. And then the message has to go from there because hearing from Rudy wears people out and and Rudy knows it. Rudy's care factor uh, about his career, his competitiveness, his ambition really does match his physical tools. There's a lot of guys that are long. But I don't know if there's any that are tall and as long as Rudy that really have his care factor. So when you couple all of that together, um, it's quite formidable. Gordon, I know you've been an advocate of Rudy's since his his rookie year. And, And frankly, we want him to keep that edge. And if there's some things that come up with that edge, you know, we'll discuss those internally. And that's why I think that's got to be the new way that that any of Rudy's complaints, because there's no point in having him wear teammates out, Donovan especially, but anybody else. You know, yeah. it's it's uh, it's unthinkable that Donovan is the only one he's worn on. I mean, you could read Rudy's quotes, and you know, it's clear he wears on other people at other times too. So I think that's the thing going forward is Rudy's Alex Jensen is the is the guy who works with Rudy, and so Rudy's just got to tell Alex, and then let Alex decide how to spread the info to the rest of the team, or give it to Quinn and let Quinn spread it to the rest of the team. Because otherwise, it's it's not going to be productive going forward. But don't change how much you care. That's part of why you're wearing people out, and clearly Dennis loves that. Well, the the biggest thing that stood out to me, and I, I reread the Tim McVan's piece uh, a couple of times uh, because I thought it was I thought I thought it was insightful. I don't. It was well written. I don't know if it was productive for the for the jazz team. Although Dennis, when he talked about it yesterday, seemed to uh, seemed to think so. But one of the, the probably the biggest thing that stood out to me was a, an anonymous jazz source told Tim that we've got to stop. And I'm I'm summing it up here. I, I apologize. I don't have it exactly in front of me. But basically, that we've got to stop trying to prove each other wrong. You know, in our disagree, disagreements are fine and that sort of thing. But we got to stop trying to, to prove each other wrong, right? And and when it comes to Rudy, uh, we can all think of some times where he got the ball and there was somebody between him and the basket and he probably wasn't all that set up for success and he probably didn't succeed. And his teammates, you know, maybe were not disappointed that he didn't succeed because of the personality traits that you're talking about, right? Or if Donovan Mitchell missed the shot in the fourth quarter, Rudy kind of deep down thought, well, he should have passed that to me. Good. Where you're, you're not that, that, that quote was very telling to me because you're not, you're not pulling for the team's success. You're pulling to be right. And we can think about it in, in our real life, uh, real lives, right? Like throughout my entire life, David, uh, several presidents that I didn't vote for have been elected to office. But did, does that mean that I'm rooting for them to fail? Of course not. I'm an American. I want this country to succeed. I want the president to succeed. And I think a lot of people out there go, oh, I didn't want that guy. I hope he falls in his face. And it's like, wait, are you crazy? That's bad for everybody. We want this country to succeed because we live here. You know, the the jazz players, you want each other to succeed because you're on the same team. And so with Donovan and Rudy, the, the thing that frustrated me about that ESPN piece is it's still Rudy saying 
pass me the ball more. It's still Rudy saying, I need more shots. It's, it's Rudy, you know, saying, hey, I had a problem because Donovan shoots so much. You, you know, whereas that piece was definitely a mea culpa for Rudy, he didn't, he, he mentioned that he was grumpy. He didn't get the ball. He, he didn't say, I was wrong about that. So that's still a problem. And so I get why it's a problem. You know, Rudy's due a payday, and Rudy loves him some Rudy, and Rudy thinks he's really good. But I don't agree with him that he doesn't take enough shots. I, that, that's me personally. I don't agree with that. So how do you get past that? And how do you get to the point where you're not trying to prove each other wrong? So a couple things off of that. One, I think that dynamic exists all the time. I think you can go to a pickup game, you can go to a high school game, you can go to a JV high school game. (laughs) Guys want more shots. Well, welcome to life. You know, there are guys in the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks who want more shots. Now, mm-hmm. you're looking at Hunter DeCampo and Middleton. Maybe you don't open your yapper with the Bucks, right? Because when a team is winning at that level, you look really bad if you say anything. So a couple things happen. The Jazz continue and improve. They win at a higher level, and nobody says anything, and everything's fine. Right. Uh, or, to your point, there's, a, there's only two shots a game I want Rudy to give back. He usually gets, in the first five-ish possessions of a game, they usually run a couple post-ups for him. The numbers on that can't be good. I don't know what they are. We could ask Locke. But I, I watch the games. They can't be good. Locke he, talked about it yesterday on our show. Yeah, the, that's got to go away. Rudy between he, somebody with he in the, between he and the basket, and they're not good. Right. That's got to go away. However, I am not against him getting more shots if he's open. I think sometimes they force the lob to him going down the lane on the pick and roll in the third yeah. quarter when he's not open because right. he's complaining. I think it leads to a turnover. There's too much traffic. It's not it's not the right decision. So I'm I'm fine if those go away. Uh, but at a different point, and I don't remember if it was in your interview or the Zoom comments or both, Dennis brought up that uh um no, not Jarrell Brantley. I got Brantley stuck in my brain now. Backup center. He went through a list of Tony, Tony Bradley. Thank you, Tony Bradley. Yes, the Tony Bradley, you know, the offensive rebounds uh, per minute, per possession are off the yeah. charts. He's ready to just just bust through all kinds of marks, right? All kinds of records. And it's like, Rudy, if you want more shots, go get the ball. And I got to tell you, in a few things, few things generate respect in the NBA, like someone who goes beast mode on the offensive boards, because yeah. that's really hard to do. And if you want people fawning over you, if you want people falling all over you, get more offensive rebounds. And then you're getting it around the hoop and you're going to get dunks. You're going to get the putback or you're going to get the assist because you throw it out to a wide open three-point shooter. So, you know, if he gets more of those, I get, I, I'm not automatically going to complain because Rudy's shots go up. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me well, what, kind I, of, what kind of shots they are. The post-ups at the start of the game, I'm over that. And I think those yeah. need to go away. And I think if Rudy goes to Quinn and says, you don't have to do that. If you want to do it, do it, but you don't have to do that. I think that goes a long way because I think the team knows more about this stuff than you and I. If you and I have noticed, guaranteed the team's noticed. Guaranteed. Well, I, I get it why that, like why Rudy in particular wanting more shots or, or complaining about Donovan taking too many shots. I get it why that rubs them the wrong way. I, uh, I was using this analogy with Austin because let's let's face it Rudy we're talking about get him if he's going to get more shots they got to be on top of the basket they got to be lobs basically yeah. and if you think about that that is somebody else creating an entire shot 
and Rudy coming in at the very last minute and taking credit for it, right? The very last second coming in, Duncan hanging on the rim, yelling when he gets off of it or whatever. He he's kind of like. Did you ever, uh, David? You were a banana slug of UCSB. No, uh, no, that's UC Santa Cruz, dude. I was a gaucho. <laughs> Stop with your mixing and matching. I wasn't an anteater either. Uh, but you did a group project, I'm sure, uh, in college. And uh, you know, do you remember that guy or gal? I suppose that that didn't do anything but basically said, "Oh, I'll turn it in." Yeah, I was you that know? guy. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was. I'll just come clean now. I've lied about it for decades, but I was that guy. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and turn it in. I'll throw it together. You guys do all the work. I'll, I'll put it together in a nice, tidy package and turn it in and take all the credit for it. There's a reason you know, I had a 2.96 GPA, dude. And if you would have turned to the rest of your group and said, hey, guys, how about some more quality material? They would have punched you right in the face. I did. I had to go over to the health center. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, that's the hard part. With it was the cut that did it. I needed a couple stitches. That's the hard part with Rudy in particular talking about shots. And, hey, listen, I'm on board with Rudy being an offensive weapon. The guy averages, what, 15 points, 16 points a game? I mean, that's nothing. He's making an impact. But he just, I mean, until he figures out how to somehow create his own shot, he's not going to average 20 points a game because he's totally reliant on his uh, on his teammates. And if I'm Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell and I'm working all this hard to create Rudy all these lobs and he's complaining about not getting it, not getting the ball, I mean, he sets a, sets a dunk record last year and nine games into this year saying, hey, I'm not getting the ball enough. It's like, well, maybe you should figure out a, a post move or two. Yeah, you know, I think Locke has said though that the so many lobs. the Locke has said even the post moves for the best players though the points per possession it just doesn't pay off and it's, it's why not what it used to be right yeah, and it's why the so. post has gone away and there's other things right. to do the the thing is I think they need to keep working on getting the ball to Rudy because he doesn't miss very many dunks and if right. you're averaging not two points per possession but if you're trying to get dunks if you're averaging one point eight or one point nine that's an awesome number and you're going to win a lot of games yeah, so you're right about he gets credit for the team project but. Everybody, if you're trying to win, get your team more dunks. Right. I, well, this is where I kind of, uh, Gordon and I uh, the, started disagreeing a little bit yesterday. Is, is it, do we think that the team, that there are just lobs out there that they're not throwing? Because there is another team on the floor. And definitely this year after Rudy set that dunks record, there's been a difference in philosophy defensively in the league this year. And it's sagged the big. And it's go under on the pick and roll. You know, it's it's let guys take wild yep. threes over the pick if they want. I'm not letting Rudy or Giannis or whoever get a dunk at the rim. I'm not going to do it. So that player always stays between Rudy and the basket, and they're saying, okay, the guy with the ball, you go ahead and, and do what you do. We'll take our chances there. We're not going to let Rudy Gobert get a dunk. But that has opened so the a game up. For, out there too, you know? yeah. But that opens the game up for Bogdanovich or Clarkson also. Which we saw, but you know what, what? Who Bogdanovich and Clarkson aren't? Rudy, who's the one who's due a supermax contract, and the one who has to prove to everybody that he's earning it. So going forward, well, I, I think he, I think he is earning it, and I, I think, I think he's probably going to get it. I think they've got to examine it from the ground up and smooth out the personalities, but the odds are at the end of the day, are they going to be able to get better talent with that money than Rudy? And it would have to be different talent because nobody does what Rudy does better, right? You would, it's like, you'd have to decide that you want to play five out instead of four out and one in, right? No, no true bigs, five three-point shooters. 
then can you go get elite three-point shooters and make yourself a better team? That's the question they have to answer. What's their philosophy going forward? And my guess is that they'll end up thinking we probably can't get better talent. Maybe they can. They, they, they're paid to consider everything. And that's back to my earlier point about Dennis has to be really critical. And Dennis has to be the tough you-know-what. And I know he comes on the air and is really mellow. But there are plenty of people in the organization who will tell you how intense he is. And if you get him in the right moment, you'll see it. But it isn't best for public consumption. And so he tries to dial it down. But if you're a jazz fan and you're looking for, you know, three or four things to worry about, don't worry about that. Worry about something else, okay? Because that's not going to be the problem. So, Why are you so convinced that they're going to give Rudy the Supermax? I'm asking. I'm not arguing. Because I think it's going to be... Is that something you're hearing or is that something you're just... No, no, I don't don't even think it's 100% decided because it doesn't have to be 100% decided. You know, you don't have to give it. And so I think you have the chance to renew it. I, and I think would there's, I think there's a really, what? Would you give it to Rudy if you were Dennis? I don't know everything that's available in terms of talent that they can acquire. You know, I didn't know that they were going to be able to get Bogdanovich and Clarkson. I yeah, think I'm from the camp that I think there are maybe three players in the whole league that are worth that. Yes, I and I get your point with that. If you give the supermax to a guy, and another team gives the supermax to a guy, those are the guys who are going to determine who wins a playoff series. And right now, if you said that only Antetokounmpo, LeBron, and um, Kawhi should get the Supermax, oh, Curry, I'll give you four. If there should only be four Supermaxes, I would get your point. But the fact is, the fifth guy, even if he's not good enough to win a championship, is going to get the Supermax because he's going to get you close. He's going to get you James Harden. He's going to get you to the second round. He might get you to the conference final. He's going to sell a ton of luxury suites, and he's going to sell a ton of sponsorships. He's going to sell a ton of season tickets. So you're going to give him the money because he's going to generate the money. He's probably not going to generate the championship. I don't think Harden's going to. Well, the reason Harden isn't going to is because he got the Supermax. I mean, oh, so you want to go? You want to go? Tom Brady take less so they can build a better team around you. Well, well, yeah. Houston had to gut the whole team. I mean, and and you know, the Portland basically is uh, with Damian Lillard super max, max contract. I know they they made the trade for Nurkic and they've got McCollum, but they got nothing else and they can't afford anything else. So if they, but if Houston and Portland don't give those mega contracts to those guys, those guys go get them somewhere else. And is Houston and Portland are they better or are they worse? Actually, it's false. You can't get a supermax from somebody else. So okay, you can't. Not, okay, but you could still. Possible. You would still be irritated enough that you didn't get it. That you'd want to go somewhere else. But this. Oh, you just hit on the biggest problem of this discussion: the irritation factor. Because I guarantee, guarantee, Rudy wants that supermax. And if Rudy does, well, who not doesn't? Get that I do. Max, yeah, Yak does. Yak wants to. Them. Yak wants to be the best paid producer on the on the planet. You got to see him right now. He's running around dancing in there. Who- yeah, but I mean, and this is this is pure speculation here. Okay, this is this is editorializing recklessly. But the Jazz had a player that they didn't want to give the max to a while ago. What did that player do? Plotted for the next three years on how to leave as damaging to the franchise as possible. And that's why, and that's why players get the max available to them, whatever that number is. But if they're one of the two best players on the team, ludicrous. 
Well, do you want that damage, that player damaging you and leaving? Well, why don't you trade him for a bundle of assets? <laughs> because everybody knows you have to trade him and you don't get a bundle of assets back. When you trade the best player in the deal, you usually lose the deal. And by the way, I'm not advocating to trade Rudy. I'm just, I'm really trying to explore or have a discussion with you about how complex this decision is. It is very complex, and that's yeah. why and that's why I would be surprised if it was 100% done. And I right. don't know. Nobody in the organization has told me. So this is yeah. me just sitting back thinking about basketball because we haven't had a game for four months. Me, me either. Right. I, just, I don't think people talk enough about how complex this decision is because this is tough. And, and to start, uh, you know, where we started with Dennis Lindsay on – on how he can be, you know, uh, very detail oriented when he's overseeing things and demanding and that sort of thing. Well, this this is the one he needs to focus 100% of his attention on because this is this is a sink or swim type thing. Like if you pay Rudy 35% of the cap and then you add what uh, what's the rookie extension? Uh, yeah, and then you add Donovan's money on top of that. You're not left with a whole lot of money. You're looking at 25% of the cap. Is another rookie extension somewhere in there? 22, 25. So then you're looking at over 50, almost 60% of your cap going to two players. Now, that's common in the league. But here's the thing. Those two players better be good enough to do it together without anybody else. Because you can't pay anybody else. And you throw, you know, Joe Ingles isn't going anywhere. Bogdanovich isn't going anywhere. So after you count those two players, then we're looking at what? 85, 90% of the salary cap? So, that is how I mean, that is how most teams are built. I mean, if you look right. at it, there's there's four there's uh, two guys making tons of money, two or more guys making pretty good money, and everybody else on five million or less. So, are is is Rudy good enough? Which is still a ton of money, but you get the point. No, totally get the point. Is Rudy good enough? Are Rudy and Donovan together good enough? And if the answer is no, then I think you got to do something. Yes, I but it's balanced I, by. But it's balanced by. Are, is that the most talent you can get with that money. Right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. If, if Rudy takes up 35% of the cap, the question I'd be asking is, can two starters, starter-level players in the NBA, would they be better than that one? Maybe even three players at that level. Because the NBA is such hit or miss. You're either making a fortune or you're making the league minimum. We are so late to break now that Jake is uh, telling me I'm the big show. This is unbelievable. Oh, that happens. Yeah, well. I know, know, right? He just ignores. I know, but Gordon's not here. You got to take the hit. Hatch, I don't have talk back in my phone, bro. (laughs) Hey, Jake, we appreciate it. All good questions to to be continued. All right, brother. I'll talk to you in the 9 o'clock hour. All right, thanks, Jake. Jake will join us a little later in the show. Joe Ingalls is about 10 minutes away. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. How each individual adapts to this environment and deals with it is going to dictate each individual's success and the team's success. This is so dramatically different than anything anyone's ever done before. From a social standpoint, from a preparation standpoint, from a game time standpoint, from a no-crowd standpoint. In some ways, I think it might be the best basketball we've ever seen. There'll be no distractions. No travel. Their rest will be very consistent. By the time we get to the second round of the playoffs in September, these guys will have been playing for two months. They'll be at their peak. They won't be tired like they've come through an 82-game schedule. It could be the best basketball we've ever seen. 
Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my DJ PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Okay. Last night, I was on the phone doing yard work. It was not a glamorous combination. I love the late summer nights. I'm watching less than ever. However, while I was eating last night, I had the TV on. Didn't really, didn't really have the whole... Uh, you know, the 1950s family gathered around the table moment. It was in traditional Sniggledorf. It didn't work. Dinner. People were going different directions. They had different stuff going on, you know, but whatever. So, uh, no, it was not the traditional Sniggledorf uh, gathering. And uh, mom didn't come out of the kitchen with her pearls on, like, and leave it to Beaver. Wally! Got your pearls on at 8 o'clock in the morning to just serve up the cinnamon toast. Uh no, so what happened is I was watching uh, live sports. There's live sports on, but it was uh, Orlando and Miami. It was a team that never goes to the playoffs in Orlando against a team that uh, is an expansion team playing its third game. It's a little on the ragged side. Really made me wonder what the NBA is going to look like when it comes back. And I and I did wonder, and I had, they're playing again this morning because they're avoiding the heat in Orlando. So there's a morning game, but I'm doing the show, so I'm not watching this. I don't know how much of it you've watched, Yach. Um this Just one, in the five minutes of yeah. this last commercial break, I thought it looked a little better. Philadelphia and New York City are two of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. So, but when you poor. haven't played for yeah. four months, are you coming moments. back to preseason, maybe high level preseason? You know, where is the quality, and what does this mean for the NBA? Because it's a great question. When you're looking, here's what we got: we got baseball, which is a one-on-one sport. I think baseball is going to look fine. The first MLS game was a little on the ragged side. There's no other way to say it. And the NBA, it's the same thing. It's a these are free flowing games, and you know if they're not moving like this, they don't they don't look right. Now, also with the NFL, you know the defense will be in front of the offense. If you don't have preseason games, you don't have any timing. Are we going to come back to a bunch of ten to seven NFL games, assuming the NFL starts on time? Because the defenses are in front of the offense, and defense like baseball should be able to prick pick up pretty quickly. But football, timing, 11 guys have to do their job right at the same time. One or two guys mess up, it sinks everything. I'm curious, and I don't want to make that decision off watching one game while I was eating dinner last night, but I was definitely thinking about it, watching them uh, struggle in that game. And it ended up you know, 2-1, and there were goals and all that. But uh, Yach, was the third goal off a mistake? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fortunate <laughs> bounce also. So yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. DJ and PK. We'll we'll see how it trends for the uh, for the NBA. What is, t- is today the ninth? Correct. Three weeks from today, the Jazz play, and they are in quarantine right now. What is quarantine like? We'll ask Joe Ingles next.